We've been called many things. Two peas in a pod. Thelma and Louise. Best friends. Thing one and thing two. And a good number of times, even sisters. But the one we love the most is mother and daughter. And that's the tea. What's the tea, Nina? Is that's the tea? That, that's but, the tea. But I don't get it. Never mind. I'll explain it later. Welcome to Real Talk with Deb and Nia. As a friendly reminder, you can find our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss out. Welcome back, Real Talk family. Happy season four. Uh, This season, our theme is Surviving to Thriving. And as the name suggests, we are looking at the many ways and avenues in which we can learn how to thrive and excel in our lives. As they say on social media, we're in our thriving era. (laughs) It's time for us all to rise up out of the ashes, start setting our sights on our goals with intention and put our plans into motion. We got a lot of plans. Are you excited about our plans? I'm I'm excited about our plans. And you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that today. What happens when things kind of move your plans around? Because we're having a little of that too. So yeah. (laughs) With all this talk of plans, that is actually what is on our agenda today. How can we create an efficient and well-laid, thought-out plan that gets us to where we need to go? but also accommodates for the fact that we do have other interests, hobbies, friendships, relationships in our lives, that it's not just work. You know, we want to expand. We want to grow in every area. And gosh, how do we follow through on that plan? Because I know for me, I have for many years bought planners. I've written in, you know, what I'm doing. I feel so great. I color code. I get the stickers. I do it all. And yeah, you learn all the ropes and you're all ready. And then one bad day, one rainy day, and you're like, (laughs) and you just fall off the wagon and you're like, okay, nope, I'm not doing it. And you give up and that really nice, pristine to-do list just gets thrown out. Then you're upset and then you ditch it and you go, oh, well, you know, I'll start up then again, refresh next month. Um, some say next quarter, and some of us even go next year. <laughs> we throw out the next 11 months. We're just going to wait. <laughs> it happens. Well, it does. But yeah. why does it happen? Why does it happen? You know, I mean, is there something wrong with the planner? Are we just <laughs> free spirited and um, spontaneous rather than ordered? You know, and some people feel like, well, this is how I flow best. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, do we just not do well on a schedule? And If none of those are the truth, (laughs) what can we do? How can we plan in a way that allows us to not feel pressed and to not leave things out and and that allows us to feel more energized rather than overwhelmed? To answer those questions, we have our guest today, Janine Deanna. Janine is a certified mindset and clarity coach for female entrepreneurs. She has been an entrepreneur for the last 20 years. She's gone from owning her own hair salon to running an international wedding photography business and now, you know, a coaching practice for the last four years. Her philosophy is life is our greatest gift and we must be in the driver's seat of how we design our lives and use the time that we've been given. She teaches female entrepreneurs how to start taking radical responsibility for their choices and learn how to function from their own unique set of core values. 
The goal being about getting clarity and becoming solution focused. By eliminating confusion and mental clutter, Janine is able to help others discover exactly what you want and tackle all distractions and decisions that are keeping you stuck. And the best part is you'll get to know yourself on a whole new level, finding a new sense of confidence that's been inside of you all along. And we all want that. So we did. <laughs> and it's not just for business, it's life. It is. So. It's just life. So welcome, Janine. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for saying yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> of course. So, well, why don't we start with why did you become a coach? Well, I guess I could rewind it all the way back to standing behind a chair for five years and being a hairdresser. And anybody knows we love to tell our hairdressers everything. And there was always this joke in the industry that we were like therapists with scissors. And so, you know, I I can see this through thread that happened through every job that I've taken on, every career path I've chosen that has supported the next. And um, one of the most foundational courses I took as a hairstylist was called personality shifting because every new butt that sat in our chair brought their own story, their own energy, their own desire to connect with you. And we had to just shift kind of like end what the last client was and start fresh for that new person that sat in the chair. So I was constantly being as aware as possible about the emotion, the um, just that time, that really intimate time with the clients that I had. And that just kind of carried on throughout everything that I did. So when I started coaching, it was really after a decade into fast forward the wedding photography career, where I started just getting asked from young and upcoming uh, female photographers who were like, how are you running this business? How did you create it? Tell me all the secrets. And I was having a lot of coffee dates, which I love to have, but I realized there's something here. Like there's there's a an entire space where women are desiring a mentorship of somebody who's gone before them because success leaves clues. And when we're able to kind of see somebody who's where we want to be, we start asking them, well, how'd you get there? So that turned into these coffee dates. I called it the coffee date. And that just evolved. Like it just evolved in having these conversations with women. Honestly, it was falling in love with how purpose-filled I felt after these conversations. Like I was walking away just like on cloud nine and feeling like my cup overflow with this was amazing. And it just was like, oh, my heart is saying, yes, more of this, more of this. And I, I have learned that gut fine tuning of any time I'm acknowledging that joy, like deep joy, not surface happiness. I'm talking deep joy that I utter the words more of this. Cause I, I actually want to send a signal to myself that whatever's happening right now, I, I, we need to do more of this because it feels really freaking good. So that's what kind of started the coaching. And then as I got in, I realized I wanted to expand outside of the photography business because this was just, I'd been a, I'd been an entrepreneur, like Nia had said, since I was 21 years old when I bought my first salon. And so I wanted to speak to other female entrepreneurs. And so it expanded outside of photography. So I've been doing photography and coaching. And then when COVID hit, I lost all the weddings on the calendar, obviously. Mm. I can look back now. And it gave me this beautiful space to create a full coaching practice. So a signature course, um, the types of packages. And then I got to educate myself and, and get, you know, really know what I'm doing. And, and it just has taken wings from there. 
There were so many things that struck me in what you said. We, in season one or two, we were doing a lot on purpose. Your picture now is going to be placed next to that because it's about finding that thing that makes your heart sing. And that's how you know. And you said another thing that it was this common thread that went through everything you did. So your purpose is the same, even yeah. though you might have been doing different jobs. Well, I called it different vehicles. I said, I just got in a different car and drove somewhere and I was driving this car for a while. And then I got in the next car and drove this car for a little while. But that feeling of fulfillment on a soul level has always been activated by helping other people live more intentionally. Every time I can see an action I've taken, um, something I've shared, me showing up, let's just say it like that and sharing has impacted someone else to choose to live more intentionally. That's the win because, and, and cause like how we're kind of talking time, time is the most valued commodity we own. It's the most highly valued commodity in my life. It holds the highest regard of anything. How am I using my time? Speaking of time, I have a friend who always said, uh, you cannot manage time. You don't manage time. Time is going to be what time is. And it seems that many of us are overwhelmed in that time that we are allotted. (laughs) So why are we, particularly women, so overwhelmed? I love this question because what I will reference to a lot, I'm going to guess I'm going to reference this a lot. Because when I start talking about overwhelm, it is because... And when where this quote clarity coach comes in is because we're not clear on the things that matter most to us and how to protect them. So when I'm saying we're not clear, I'm talking about core values. And this is where everything starts for me personally in my coaching business. It's where I start with everything because they are the, the guiding principles of your life, the essence of how you choose to live life. They are the things that are, you don't even have to try to to habitually do them. It's just how you show up in life. They're the things you prioritize subconsciously above all. And I feel like not enough people are really honest with themselves and really aware of what those actual core values are. So I say this because in working with women, they meet me and we there's always this surface conversation right the story we have we t- we we say the story and uh i value family and i value money and i value, and it, and it's like this verbatim that just is affected from external noise like it's created from external noise it's in your head well it probably should be family i've had so many women say that <laughs> one of my core values should be family that's what we've been um, conditioned to believe you know? that's exactly it's true it. it's true that's exactly it and so for me i believe our overwhelm comes from not being deeply rooted and connected to what our guiding principles are. And then, and I feel a lot of women are people pleasers or we lack the confidence to instill the boundaries that protect those core values. So there's, we say yes, when we want to say no, and we people please, and we, we don't want to come across in a negative way. We want people to like us. We want to be, there's a lot of, so we say yes, and we end up doing a lot of things that are out of alignment and that creates so much overwhelm. There's also so much noise that we allow in. And this was something very interesting, this overwhelm, because I had women come to me who were very structured and felt like I've kind of figured my time out. I've kind of figured a lot of other stuff out and I'm still feeling overwhelmed. I don't know where this is coming from. 
overwhelm comes in the sneakiest places where, where we don't even see it coming. And there can be what I refer to as open loops. Open loop to me is something that requires my attention. There can be like 700 open loops in the back of my mind at all time. And they're still draining energy and mental energy, which if you look at the science, it literally requires calories to handle dealing with all of our emotions. Like there's a whole other thing. But if we're just walking around with all these open loops, like, oh, I, I got to call what's her face and deal with that. And I got to sign up for this and I got to do that. And I really should learn how to do this. And I want to read that book and little things or big things. And if we have all these open loops, it's like a, the slow leak will sink a mighty ship. And, and there's these little things that are constantly requiring our energy and our attention. And we're just not aware of it because we're so busy, quote. We're so busy. I got so much going on. And I think overwhelm also is because there's a lot of lack of responsibility that women are taking for what they're saying yes to and what they're putting on their plate. Everything that's in our lives is our choice, period, end of sentence. Some of my clients don't like when I say that to them. They come back and it's like, you don't know, I have to, and this, and I have to that. And it's still a choice. It doesn't mean making the choice is going to be easy to say no to something. It's not what I'm saying, but you're still choosing. And even sometimes not making a choice is still choosing, right? There's so much of that. So I feel like this overwhelmed piece is there's a lack of understanding about how we want to design our lives. And then there's this lack of boundaries on how to protect it. And why I say this is because when in working with like the mastermind group that I've worked with, we start everything with laying out these core values and really getting clear on what these words are. And a, there's a whole activity to, to really bring forth owning those words. And why I work with female entrepreneurs specifically is because we have the freedom to be able to design our lives around honoring the things that matter most to us. So what does that look like? So that's the process of it. But overwhelm is also a choice. Like being busy is a choice. And I think, I feel like I could do a whole whole podcast on this idea about being busy because it's a wound and it's an identity wound. Okay. So we're going to hit a little bit of that because busy is a popular word. I'm mm-hmm. very busy. And I don't have time for that. Well, there's nothing wrong with it as long as it's something you're saying no to that you choose to say no to. I don't have time for that. And that's, a yes, <laughs> no is a complete that's sentence. My choice. That's right. Talk to us about that wound, the busy wound. The busy wound. I refuse to use the word busy anymore. I don't use it. And when it comes to time, if you are alive, you have time. Everything's a choice. If you are alive, you have the gift of time and everything is your choice. It doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable, but it's your choice. And so when people talk about being busy, it's because we want to feel important. Look how busy I am. Look at all the things. The shocking part is people even love to feel important being busy when it's negative stuff. Think of the response that comes when people say, I'm so busy. Oh, you poor thing. Do you need help? All of a sudden, somebody's feeling sorry for me. So I'm just going to keep telling people how busy I am. Or people will call and be like, hey, Deb, I know how busy you are. I'm just checking in really quick. And, and I need this, this, and this. And so people will say that to me like, oh, I see you on social media. You're so busy. And I've learned to say, I'm not busy at all. This is the life I've chosen to design. I'm doing what I want to do. But it is recreating an identity. Hear me when I say this. I only know this because I was the queen of being busy. I was the queen. I love to tell people how busy I was. And I love to this list of all the things 
Janine is so important because she has all these people need her and she goes to all these places and look at all the hard things that she does. And I loved when people would tell me, I, how do you do it all? That's amazing. Look at, and it was this whole story that was created around wanting people to see me as this gave me value to tell people how busy I was. It happens so fast. It just comes out of so many people's mouths now. Oh, super busy. How's it going? So busy. We don't even <laughs> think we just we just use it. But the truth is, I want to say oh, I'm intentional. That's weird. If I were to say that, that's weird. <laughs> but it's how, how it is. It's like, I'm intentional. And the difference is busy to me feels like I'm just running around reacting to life. Like stuff's flying everywhere. So much is going on. I'm so around. I have all the things. When I can look at my time and I treat it as sacred and I say, I'm intentional, it means I'm living life how I want to. I'm honoring the things that matter to me. I'm creating margin. I'm creating space. I say no to like 90% of the things that I get asked to do because I want freedom. That's one of my core values. I want freedom. And, And the thing I think that is really important when we're talking about core values or any of these words we place significance on, that we place value on, is they have to be defined for ourselves. And I'm not talking Webster's dictionary definition. I'm talking about what does freedom mean to you in your life when it plays out? What does it mean? And why this is important is because I've seen different clients have the word freedom as a core value. And for one, freedom could be financial freedom, where I don't, my, my investments are the return on investment is paying for things. I I feel a sense of freedom. I can, I can buy what I want when I want treat my family. I feel free with that where I have another client who she could care less about financial freedom. She wants time freedom. She wants to be able to work from wherever she wants. She wants to look at her schedule and only see three hours of work a week. That's what freedom means to her and why this is important. And I, and I love like the surviving and thriving is because we have to define what thriving means for us because thriving, use those examples again, thriving for somebody could mean total financial freedom. It could mean an emergency fund. It could mean diversity in their portfolio. It could mean all those things where thriving for somebody else could mean I get a laptop lifestyle and I get to go to the beach with my kids every morning and I'm thriving in the lifestyle that I want. So why it's important is any words that we play significant or value on, we have to define it for ourselves. And thriving and success, those kind of go hand in hand for me. Mm-hmm. And one of the main things that we do in, in the group is talk about what is your definition of success? Because I would even bet yours and Nia's definition of success are two different things, similarities, but ultimate success, we have to define it for ourselves because what I'm running into and experiencing so often is women who have this societal norm of a definition of success. Why that's a problem is you set up and say, well, success looks like I drive a certain car. I dress a certain way. I live a certain place. I have a certain type of friends, blah, blah, blah. So we set out and chase this collective societal norm idea of success and we're unhappy and it's not fulfilling and it's a struggle and it's, and it's why if I, but, but we just keep going and grinding because that's what success is. But did you take a beat to decide if that's what success is for you? Well, how do you define what success is? What really matters to you? And are those things flourishing and thriving? And if those things are flourishing and thriving, then I'd kind of guess you're starting to feel a deeper fulfilled sense of success. I think also one of the things going back to when you were saying 
you're not busy and, and you say, you know, I, I chose this. I think yeah. it's also empowering, you know, you don't sure. have to feel like, you know, life is running you. You get to have that full kind of breakthrough of like, oh no, I'm in charge. <laughs> yeah. Empowering. Decide, yeah. It's the flip side of the busy, mm-hmm. yep. busy to get it versus intentional and experiencing it with fulfillment. Very different models. And yields very different yeah. results. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and to me, that's enjoying the journey because that's all we get is the journey, right? The, the destination is under the dirt to be frank, <laughs> right? The destination yeah. is when you die. We don't ever, we don't ever reach it. And I feel like I'll just speak for myself that there's just a sense of calmness and a sense of self-awareness of self-love, which I'm always still working on. Don't get that twisted. That's still, that's still a journey, but there's a, there's a piece inside of me that is rested now after a really, like, a, I feel like I spent the majority of my late twenties and almost all of my thirties, like up to about 37 of of always feeling like I was chasing, chasing, chasing and reacting to life. Like, just like, oh, you know, the type of like, here we go again. And of course this happens to me. And all these just like negative, gross um, ways of of viewing my life and realizing, like we had talked about before the show, I created this chaos though. Mm-hmm. And I can, and I can get rid of it. Too. And you it was one of make it go away. Make it go away. That's like, <laughs> I, I, I love this that. chaos. I can make it go away. And I had one client say that to me that I finished up with the end of last year. She said, I said, like, what'd you get out of this? How are you feeling? And she just said, I just realized how much unnecessary chaos I had been creating in my life and how much of it I was able to just literally overnight choose to let go of. Some of us don't do that until our backs are against the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had a a pretty rough year. It was definitely a rough year. And it was, there were things that we didn't have control over Mm -hmm. and they felt very chaotic. And one of the decisions that we made was to sit down when Nia was little, she, she was a skier or she is a skier. And she was shorter than the skis and she would go and I'm going down thinking I cannot break anything because who will drive her to all these lessons? Yeah. She's just skiing. But when it, she became overwhelmed, she just sat down on the slopes. I love it. She would just sit down and I, I think, well, she's closer to the ground and that's helpful. <laughs> but, but I love, I loved the idea yes. of this is overwhelming. I'm sitting down. Yeah. And then when she got up, she skied some more. We need to sometimes sit down. And that's what we ended up having to do. And to be real honest, that's the first time in my whole life oh, wow. that I said, we're stopping. We like just stopped. Yeah. And we didn't do any of what we were doing for mm-hmm. the next nine months. And, and it was just about healing. Obviously, there were things we had to do, but we did do all the things that we were doing. And I'm sure she was grateful. Because I'm recovering type A. So I'm usually the one that sits down and then she drags me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but it was like, no, no, this is one of those. Because there are times when you're like, oh, I just don't feel like doing this. And you're, you know, you're not, no, but you need to do this because this is just some of the ickier parts of things. Because everything is not fun. You know, something you have to do so that you can get to the fun. Yeah. And then there are the times where this isn't a direction you want to go or you need to be present in this moment and being able to, if I had still been tied up like that, mm-hmm. I would have been trying to plow through 
that time that I really needed to be still and she needed yeah. me to be still so she could mm-hmm. be still because we're also modeling. We're doing this because we saw it. That's right. And they saw it. Yeah. And I guess it goes back to the time where, hey, if you don't work, you don't eat and you're out in mm-hmm. the fields and you get up and we've gotten to a place where we can make some different decisions. So it's nice to be able to share information that disrupts that old message. Yes. Maybe it doesn't work so well today. Yeah. Well, and I think burnout is also, I don't think you realize you're in burnout until it's, you're just engulfed because there, there is this kind of like fine line of being an entrepreneur and there's always a sense of, of a hustle. Okay. And, and I, and I'm use that word lightly, but there's always a sense of, I got to keep working, you know, depending on the business, if if I'm not working, I'm not making money. If I'm not making money, what am I doing here? And so there is this tenacious vibe about us that really has to take over and and propel us forward. But sometimes I I find, and I've seen, and I've experienced, I'll speak for myself again, where this gets twisted with unnecessarily hustling and, and creating this sense of, if I, I'm just so used to the identity of I'm a hustler and I, and I got to work hard to get, and, and this identity that if I, if I slow down, if I take my foot off the gas, if I step away, does it explode? Like what happens? Does it implode? Like what happens to this business if I step away? And I think that's to go deeper. There is a real question to ask ourselves as entrepreneurs, have we designed a business that if we take our foot off the gas, it all falls apart? Because that doesn't work either. Especially not if freedom is one of your core values, right? Right. (laughs) Right back to the core values. And so when we're faced with, and I call these the unknown unknowns. So I'm like a psycho geek about planning things. And I'll the, the way I do is like set a vision for the year, break it down into main goals, break those main goals down into quarterly goals, break those quarterly goals into monthly goals, put the monthly goals all the way down to I time block my days. So at this hour, I'm doing this and this crazy how structured it is. I lay that out there. Does it always happen? Like 50% of the time, let's be honest. Like, But it makes me feel a sense of security about honoring how I'm using my time. I shouldn't say 50%. It's probably more like 75% uh, with where <laughs> I've gotten now, where I'm really able to honor the space that I've created for the things that I've created, which actually, like Nia was saying, it's very empowering. It's very empowering. And when I know the results of what happens by honoring and showing up and doing what I said I was going to do in those times, the outcome allows me the confidence to say no to other things because I'm not willing to let go of that outcome that I know I'm going to get. But the unknown unknowns. So there's like the known unknowns where it's like, I know we're going to have to kind of figure this out. I don't know exactly, but I know I know there's some stuff I don't know yet, but I got to figure out. Then there's the unknown unknowns where you just get ambushed. Stuff hits the fan and you don't know what to do and it can totally throw you off track. And that can be catastrophic. And like Neo's saying with her planner, you could have one off day and be like, forget the next 11 months. I failed already. <laughs> why Why bother even? And for sure, that's an attitude that, and I think I wrote in one of my newsletters, I said, it, it's almost gotten to the point where we're more used to planning goals and failing at them and leaving it than we are to try to work through them. It's like a ritual to plan the goals and fail at them right. is actually what <laughs> what become a culture. <laughs> yeah. It's like because all the marketing right now is like it's the third week of January. Have you already fallen off the wagon? And and so it's like that's the noise that we're being fed even. And so the thing that I have found is that if I create a sense of homeostasis within myself 
there's a place that I can always come back to, to feel a sense of peace, a sense of grounding, a sense of safety within myself, that when the unknown unknowns hit, I really lean into my habits. I really lean into my rituals to carry me through. And that could look like just surviving a period of time when an unknown unknown swept me off my feet and not in a good way, right? Where something came along and it was like, so ambushed where you're like, I didn't see this coming. How am I going to show up for this? And this is the part that is the most interesting to me about working with female entrepreneurs specifically is we'll sit down and and like I kind of said to you, we'll have these conversations about this stuff that's like out here. Like it seems so far away from them. Like I got to worry about my social media marketing and I got to worry about how I'm creating my packages and how I'm attracting ideal clients. And they're struggling with these things that feel like just out of their reach. When my first question to them is, how do you prioritize your self-care? How do you take care of yourself? What's your sleeping like? Do you have some of these core foundational things that allow you to feel good just to show up? Do you have that stuff figured out? And what I mean by this is we're so worried about all these steps down the road when they will look completely different if we just first master and habitualize step one, two, and three. What are the foundational habits that you can always come home to? What are the things that we always come back to that allow us to feel like at least I can find a sense of peace within myself if everything outside of me is chaotic. At least I can can fall back into that and fall into those rituals and habits. And that has saved me over and over and over again. Give us an example, because I think this is very, very common. Life happens. Mm -hmm. It really does. And what we do is we sacrifice self-care Immediate. Uh, it's the first thing to go. Well, because it's the easiest thing. No one else is going to complain about you not taking care of yourself. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> no that <one>. true? <laughs> not Isn't one. that true? I love that you said, no, my kids are definitely like, mom, have you taken care of yourself today? <laughs> you condition them differently though. <laughs> That's right. So in terms of for those to whom this is a foreign concept, and I cannot say that I did not come that path, what would be some very basic self-care things we can think about? Because I had to learn a definition of self-care. We think of self-care as, oh, I'm going to get a mani-pedi. I'm going to go get my hair done. Yeah. And, you know, in those early years with the kids, it's like, I hope to get a bath. You yeah. know, like showers are great. <laughs> I want to get a bath. Yeah. Like that means something. Yeah. But on a very basic level, what might be some things that would allow us to, gosh, gain the strength that we need to deal with those unknowns if we Mm -hmm. had them as a baseline. I love the question because we make it so complicated. I'm not going to tell you something, some rocket science that you've never heard, but the problem is we just don't find value in, are you getting enough sleep? Everything for me starts with sleep. I prioritize sleep And believe me, I had a full identity as a night owl. I work best at night. I light up at night. I'm the most creative at night. I would tell this story. And it was a lie because I couldn't get my crap together to go to bed at a decent hour. So I made up this beautiful story that made me feel like if I tell people that I'm a night owl, (laughs) the truth was I was not honoring my sleep, my hours before midnight. So when I started to understand how important those hours were before midnight for me. I I was like, I have to shift. And I went through about six months of leaving that night owl and I wanted to be a morning person. There is something so sacred and beautiful about waking up before everybody else is up, having that first sip of morning coffee when nobody's there. It's sacred 
to me. I don't use that word lightly. It is a special place to be. And you only get it when you get up first thing in the morning before everybody else does. Luckily, I have a partner who he loves getting up first thing in the morning too. So it's a very special time for us and beautiful for our relationship. But sleep for me is so simple, but we don't prioritize it. So are you getting enough sleep? How much sleep Nia needs is different from how much sleep Deb needs from how much sleep Janine needs. And this is what I'm talking about. You have to figure that out for yourself. But something as simple as, am I getting enough sleep? And so these are the kind of the top five things that are non-negotiable for me. Of course, I still mess up. I don't ever want to come off as like, I do these all the time and I'm so great. I still mess up. But like majority of the time, these are scheduled things that are in for me. So sleeping, which is immediately directly related to, do I have a morning routine that I'm excited to get up? So I can get up at 5, 5.30 every morning so that I really have something worth getting up and inspiring me to be out of bed. And an evening routine that allows me to functionally shut down and get really good quality sleep. And I do so much work around altering those um, morning and evening routines to the seasons because when the sun changes and things change. So it's not, I have to be very cognitive of a, a different season, different things affect the, the morning and evening routine. So I'm constantly tweaking that. The other thing that these two actions going in hand, I believe are the number one tool that I would encourage everybody. I laugh. I laugh because they're so simple, journaling and meditating. And meditating can mean whatever, interchange that with a walk. A meditating could be prayer. It could be a walk in nature. It could be sitting in silence as the sun. It could be putting your feet in the grass and closing your eyes and taking three deep breaths. Whatever it means to you, holding space to listen to yourself and really hear what the soul is saying changed my life. Nothing else has allowed me to come to my truth faster than meditating. And it's funny because meditating for me started out three minutes. I can't even sit and watch like a 30 minute uh, sitcom. I'm just like, gotta go, gotta organize, gotta do all the things. I love doing. And the idea of sitting down and meditating was a joke at first. And I downloaded some apps to kind of lead me through. I could barely get through three minutes because I was like, oh, my, I just go over my to-do list or what I need to go do, like all the things, come back to breathing. <sighs> I think I should clean the toilet. Do I need a toilet bowl cleaner? Do I need a and it's this whole, when you just sit and listen to your mind, you're like, wow, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. And when I first started, it felt like I was in an airport right? Like there was just noises and it was almost like, I live in this every day. No <laughs> wonder I feel overwhelmed and like a little loco. And so I'll skip the, the painful part. It, it took me three months to get to a place where I finally felt a breakthrough with meditating. And what had happened is I had experienced a difficult situation that normally triggered me to be very angry, pick up the phone, call friends, complain, hash it all out, go through all the, like just hold so much angry energy into dissecting the conversation and this and that. And in the moment when I was triggered, I thought, I'm just going to go sit in some silence and kind of process what just happened. And then it was like, new phone, who this? Like, what's going on? <laughs> who, who is this person who doesn't, who literally is like, I will not pick up the phone and cultivate more negativity. I will go sit down and I will be with my thoughts and figure out what do I want to do with this? Because so the thoughts come in neutral. I ask myself, what is this? What do I want to do with this? And how do I want this to be in my life? And then I make a decision and sometimes it just dissipates. I just literally picture it dissipating. I start every morning. It grounds me. It's how I connect to myself, my body. I do a full check-in. How are we? What do we need today? What do we need to let go of today? And then move on. But it is 
hands down the best thing I've ever done. And sometimes it's on my own with just music, but most of the time I just do guided meditations with apps. Keep it simple. I'm always encouraging my girls to journal because journaling is a history of, it's my story. And I cannot understand my growth without my journal. Because when I read back to, I just did it with New Year, going through and looking at the mindset of the things that I worried about a year ago, the conversations I held with myself, the things that were of value that I'm just like, what was I thinking? Why did that matter? And I can see my growth because I've tracked it. I can see patterns in it. I can release things before I go to bed. It helps me sleep better. The other thing I will say too is if you're if that seems hard, there are so many journal prompt books that you can buy to get the juices flowing, to just get to know yourself, really dive deeper into for me, I can lineate my thoughts. I can make sense because anything that's in my mind is in an abyss. It's still an airport. It's just a quieter airport, (laughs) but there's still a lot. And so when I get it on the paper, I can see them, the words staring back at me. I can lineate my thoughts. I can do something with them when they're out because when they're in my head floating around, those are those open loops where it's like something I'm thinking about something and then something else pops in and something else pops in and that gets buried, but it's still in there and it's still open and it still needs my attention. And the other thing is being aligned with my core values. That's a thing that um, the freedom, personal growth, self-awareness, inspiring others, leadership, and a sense of security. Those are the things that matter most to me and prioritizing what those things look like when I'm not honoring my sense of freedom, when I'm not honoring my personal growth, I start to feel disconnected from myself. So staying connected to those, there are little sticky notes all over the place that I'm constantly checking in with. Am I in alignment with those things? Uh, And lastly, I think the thing is more tactically is every Sunday is a a very special day in my world because prep day. It's the day I review the week. What happened? What'd we do? What'd we work on? How did I feel? Did I take care of myself? Was I honoring my habits? And I do it first thing Sunday morning because if I say I'll do it throughout the day, unknown unknowns happen and I lose my time. And if I lose Sunday, I feel ungrounded all week. So Sunday's review and then it's prep. This is food prep. This is what do the kids got going on? What appointments? What do I need to prepare? It sets me up to be ready. So I'm not caught off guard with something like I'm not that mom I used to be. Oh my God, you're supposed to be at such and such. Get in the car. Hurry, let's go. I forgot my water bottle. I forgot my shoes. I was that. And I created that chaos because I didn't plan my week out. So planning my week out is, is so helpful. If women would just sit down for like 30 minutes to even say, what meals do we want to kind of cook? What are the kids? What's the fam got going on? How can I just show up prepared this week? And so that'll look like on Sunday, making sure some uniforms are washed for something we have on Thursday. So that on Thursday, the kids aren't running around chaotic, trying to find something. They have to wear something dirty. And then I'm sending them out with that negative energy as well. Like this flustered energy. I don't want them to have that. I want to teach them. Like you talked about modeling, prep prep your week. And they're at an age now, they're 14 and 16, where I'm starting to say, I feel so empowered. I told them 2022 is the last year mom's doing your laundry. And it was funny because my son was like, well, can, can I at least have those cubes so I don't have to pour the liquid. (laughs) Yeah, dude, we'll get you the cubes and then you can do your own laundry. So I should have a lot of free time. Nature abhors a vacuum. I don't know. (laughs) So prioritizing my sleep, my meditation practice, my journaling, my Sunday prep, and making sure I'm staying aligned with those core values. They're just the focus points for me. And when I'm planning out my week, I'm making sure that I'm honoring those things in my schedule, actually in my schedule. 
I'm sitting here and I'm thinking there wasn't a mani-pedi or a massage. Massages are great. Um, Yeah, they are. Yet these things will eliminate the need for some of those other things. I can do whatever it is that makes me feel good. They're Mm -hmm. foundational kind of things that allow us to really feel good. And I love what you said about being a night person. Yeah, I had that thing going too. Oh, I work best at night. You know, my creative juices. And that went along with, you know, I have to wait until it flows through me. Mm-hmm. It's, coming from, <laughs> it's coming from this magical place where I've been like, you know. Yes, you all can't yes. see, but she's got a whole movement. I got my head is going. I'm seeing and, that. <laughs> and and, and it, it, it was simply because that's when I did it. And then, yeah. then once you know the research, it's not an opinion. It is not anyone's best time. And you cannot tell people who have, you know, worked their lives into that. I'm up late and this is how I function best. There are things that your body does during those hours that don't happen if you don't. So it's kind of like, if you didn't take the trash out (laughs) on Sunday and it stayed in your house and you didn't take it out the next day that it was supposed to go out and the next day, your house would stink. It would be a rotten mess. Well, mm-hmm. your body is doing the same thing. So every mm-hmm. time it misses the time that it's supposed to cycle and refresh and, re- and cleanse itself, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Now I say that, I know that it is true. Do I always make that? Absolutely not. I've spent the last seven years doing on and off caregiving and trying to run a business. And so it's not always easy. However, mm-hmm. there are other ways that I can make some of that up, but it's not like night. Mm-hmm. I can do naps. And so that's how I balance out those times. What you're saying is so interesting because people will say like, well, I don't have time during the day to do my business. And and I'm not talking about somebody with a nine to five. I'm talking like if we're entrepreneurs and we're running our businesses and we're sitting at the table at nine o'clock at night thinking, well, I haven't had time today to be able to do it. So I have to do it now. Why aren't we ask? well, what did you do today? That was more, if you're not showing up in your business, did you say yes to a nail appointment with a friend? Did you, did you, um, think home sense needed you to go spend some money there and go do something like, what were you doing that you weren't working on your business? And I'm not saying that these seasons don't happen. If, if we're in a season of launching something or creating something, we just create whatever space feels good to get that thing done. But there's a baseline that I think we should come back to that says, I honor my work hours which means I'm really clear about what I'm spending time on in my work hours, which means I'm very clear about my goals because I'm only working on things in my time blocks that are honoring the goals I'm trying to get to. And that's why I'm so psycho about goals because they give us direction. There is so much noise. Every time you connect to anything, even conversations with friends, you should try this or download that or watch this or listen to this podcast or read this book. And the problem is sometimes they're really awesome things but they're not part of the direction I'm heading. And if we don't have the wherewithal to understand the blinders of this is where I'm going, this is what I'm doing, we're very easily distracted by things that we're not looking at as distractions. We're saying, well, I probably should read that book. I should listen to that podcast. And I'm talking granularly, like an hour to listen to a podcast where you could have spent an hour putting that month's newsletter together to get it out to grow your list. And I'm not saying there's not time or space, but I'm saying... As an example, I drive my children to club sports and it's an hour drive for me twice a week. So what I do is I schedule podcasts to specifically listen to during that drive time. I make them a deal. We'll talk on the way there. I'm listening to my podcast on the way back because I don't want to be doing that all the time. But if there's something I need to listen to, then I'm saying, I've got an hour to go drive. I'm not going to 
waste my work hours because I don't want to be up at nine o'clock at night working on my business. So I better get really crystal clear on how I'm spending the hours that I chose to create. When I talk to some of the women, like work hours, I just like, uh, you know, like when I have time, I (laughs) do what I can. And to me, it's like, well, you're not treating this like a business. If you're just running around trying to find pockets of time to get stuff done, you're not treating this, you're not taking this as serious as you should as a business owner. You're just not. And that's some harsh truth. But if you don't have business, that's a great place to start to is business hours. When do you want to work? When do you want to be sitting at your desk? When do you want to have time available to spend with your family? What does that look like? I can remember the first time I felt it leaking into my world when Nia was little. And when she got to be school age because I homeschooled, Mm-hmm. I was at home. Part of what happens is people have an idea of, because when they're home, they're on free time. And so then they're coming into that space. And I guess it would be a cousin of um, saying yes to the things that you don't want that are great things, but not in alignment with where you are. It can be intrusive. But then they're offended because, well, my goodness, you're home, but your child is at school and Mrs. Smith is teaching her. Nia's mommy is talking to you right now. Like it's just yes. that's her teacher and people, but people do, or can you go do this? Because they yeah. don't have the time to do it. Yeah. So it's this, and then I see it the same, the same thing as, you know, people are having their businesses then they're available to other people to fill in other things. And so if we're tied into some story about being available about being reliable, about being, you know, the responsible one, whatever mm-hmm. little hat we decided we liked it, it, you know, didn't always feel good, but you know, you're yeah. that special person that always gets it done. <laughs> yeah. Then then you're caught up in your story. So it works yeah. really well with their intrusion. Yeah. Well, and if you don't tell your time what to do, other people will. And that's what I'm talking about. The boundaries is, is for sure, I have experienced my kids think I just sit on gap.com all day. Like they just see me in the office and they're like, Oh, he's surfing for clothes. I'm like, <laughs> Yes, that's what's put this roof over your head, me <laughs> sitting on gap.com. And I think it's very true. I actually did a whole series of this in the group called we called it our C suite. And I talked to the women about the spaces in which we do the work, the different hats we wear in our businesses. And when it comes to CFO work or COO or CEO work, Where are you when you're doing this type of work that allows you the environment and the mental capacity to functionally get things done effectively? So when I was talking about my CEO work, the creative work, the on the business work, it does not happen in this house because there's always a toilet to clean. There's always dishes to do. The cat is always trying to get in my, there's so many distractions. We have a college here in town. The students have the, it's called the hive and they can go sit in there and study. And I go spend days there. Every CEO day is out of this house. Cause when I'm in this office, this is the intricate working of the systems and all the, the, those types of things. And I'm here for that work, but I can't break the mindset of that. When I'm trying to do on the business, it keeps flicking back and forth like this. So I create an environment that allows me to flourish in the thing I'm trying to focus on. I'll have moms with small kids who are talking about like, you don't know how hard it is to work from home. And and they're always like, why are you trying to do focus work with your kid up? Let's start there. And this is that radical responsibility I'm talking about. If you're treating it like a business, go get a coffee, go sit at a coffee shop, spend two focused hours doing what you need to do. Nia will be okay at a babysitter, just using that as an example, mm-hmm. and come back home and put your work away and spend intentional time with your child. Be where you are. 
And if you're needing to get something done for your business, because you're organized and you set up some time where you need to get some stuff done, go do it where you can get it done efficiently and get it done and come home and, and put the laptop whatever away and just spend time with your kid. And what's cool about that is I alleviated a lot of parental guilt by choosing to use my time more effectively. And that's why I talk about time being so sacred, because if, if I'm, if I'm just sitting there, like I almost freak out and have a panic attack. If I'm like, what's happening? Why don't I need to be anywhere or do anything? Or like, what, like, what, what could I be doing? And where I just have to remember like, oh, we've created this space. It's like a level up of identity, right? Where you have to match the identity to the growth you've had and where you have to come back and say, I don't, I, I'm not busy. I've created margin. I can relax. I can go have the full bath, not just a quick shower. I can do <laughs> things. And that's where I think it's really important to, to draw this out is you have to level up the identity you have about the to match your growth. You have to be aware of your growth. And that's why I talk about journaling. I just experienced this with my end of the year. I went back and I saw all these places where it felt hard and it felt messy and it felt chaotic and it felt unorganized, but I was always in a forward progression. I was always growing. I was always learning. I was never, you know, when we talk about like, oh, I fell out the way and I'm starting again. I was never starting again. I was always in a forward motion of learning through everything that I went through. And there was the highest of highs last year and the lowest of lows and, and the rainbow of things that happened in between. And through all of it, there's a ability to look back and say, man, did I grow? And now that I know where I've grown, I can now sit and say the updated identity I hold about myself is I am now somebody who pauses before I commit to anything. I'm now somebody who is very much self-aware of the energy she brings into every room. When you look back at tangible data, you can make really educated decisions about how you want to move forward with things versus a feeling of how the year went, right? And and please understand as I'm saying this, in my in my journal or in my um monthly clarity planner that I have, I actually talk or, or there's actually a section in there Every day I want to just identify my emotion for the day. I'm not bypassing feelings here. I'm not getting so calculated that I'm bypassing feelings. I'm very much wanting to know what was my energy when I was going through this? Why every Wednesday was I feeling unorganized? Like what or or distracted or frustrated or overwhelmed or, you know, and but it's data and it allows us to make really, really powerful um decisions based on facts and on data to to be able to plan to switch things or create more aligned actions that really honor what it is we're trying to create. There's one you left out behind. And I love, I love the year, the, the goal, and then your, your goals, then the month, then the week, then down to the day, it tells you two things. Well, it tells you probably more, but the two big ones for me is it tells you exactly what you need to do. So, you know, when you're done, you know, that, Oh, I got done. And that means I'm not what behind. Cause that's another thing on oh, behind, you yeah. know, exactly where you are. It's a beautiful system and it absolutely is effective because we do, we feel like, Oh, but I should be doing, no, I should be mm-hmm. doing this. Cause you know what it is. It's mm-hmm. something in front of you that you thought out, you know, that's that right. you created, no one gave you this. You're like, I'm in alignment with myself. I've yeah. done this thing, or I know these two things now need to be moved to here. Mm-hmm. I'm not dropping any balls, which is. Yeah. Well, it gives you such a sense of confidence. Yeah. Well, you right? were saying, and it was reminding me of, we talked earlier about worthiness. You know, you go back, you look at your journaling, you look at what you did, where you were, and you're able to build that self-confidence, that feeling of self-worth. And like 
mom was saying much earlier, you made it. You did it 100%. (laughs) There's the journal. There's the proof (laughs) that you made it. And now you're updating for another, you know. Yeah, because those bad things float up all the time. That's part of that rumination in the brain. It's really helpful if you could have a system. I also think, you know, and maybe as people are listening, if you've come out of a situation or you've created a habitual life that is very different, this is like, are you kidding? And some people feel like, well, it takes away my freedom to (laughs) be spontaneous, you know? I do, yeah. However, like, even if they said, okay, so, well, maybe my life isn't working as well as I'd like it to work, because this isn't just business, this is personal as well. Absolutely. What is it that they can do on their own? Because it's about creating the time, a whole block of time. How would you, what would you suggest for them to just start to begin to plan that out? The starting point for me is always clarity of of the desire. Like, what are you working towards? Because if you could just start with planning a week at a time. And, and here's the thing. I didn't start out with it. This is super important. I didn't start out with the system I use now. I couldn't find a system I wanted, so I built my own. It just is getting started with something. And I always look to where's the most friction I'm experiencing right now. So say a mom would be like, I'm overwhelmed with laundry and I'm overwhelmed with cooking meals all the time. Like, I just feel like I can't keep up. So create some systems around those two things. Start there. And easily, if we're talking super tactically and you just want something, you could try, listen to this, shut it off and go, go to Pinterest and just look for weekly laundry schedule or weekly planning of meals or something very tactical, very simple. Again, we do not have to overcomplicate this. Somebody has figured this out already. Mm-hmm. It is out there. I didn't create my own system off the hop. I tried some things and I thought like the day planners, I, mean, I, I had to laugh the annual planners. I would go to chapters or go to Amazon and buy the most beautiful planner and do all the things. And I got to the point where I'm like, I am just coloring to procrastinate. <laughs> I am putting stickers on in avoidance. This is literally an avoidance technique, this whole book. And so I stopped buying them and wasting money on them. And I was like, I don't, I, I bought this because it was pretty, not because I actually planned on planning my life with this. And if I'm getting real, I've I've wasted a lot of money and a lot of time trying to set these up that they that I never follow through with them. So that's why I created my own because I just wanted just the things that I wanted to focus on in Canva, super simple to keep it as streamlined and simple so that those are the things, because I always say to the girls that I coach, measure what matters. So what matters to you? What matters to you? And find a way to measure it. But what are you measuring? What are you going to do with this, the, the statistics that you measure? So you measure how many times, like whatever, if it's losing weight, if it's um, how many meals a week you cook, if you have you know, a, um, a goal of wanting to save money, how are you measuring how you're saving that money? And then what are you doing with that information? Because it's one thing to measure what matters. It's another thing to collect all this data and then be like, well, cool, I, I have this. For what? What do you have it for? So what are you doing with that information? So it's very easy depending on why I struggle. It's it's very easy to go find simple templates and that sort of stuff on Pinterest to just like how to plan out a month at a time. I have the monthly clarity planner. Uh, I was redoing it for this year. So hopefully that'll be ready soon, but just a digital download that somebody can go download that and you print it off at Staples or wherever and you follow it month by month. It's just choosing to sit down and have focused space. But here's the two things. Here's the two words that I'll say. If you're going to start planning or getting organized with things, you have to have two things, consistency and some form of accountability. Nothing works if you don't show up 
consistently and do not get mad about the results you don't get for the efforts you don't put in. Start with where the most friction is because when you can release some of that tension, guess what happens? You're at a new vantage point. Okay, I've got my laundry under control. I've got my meals under control. Put this in your business as a female entrepreneur. Okay, I've got my newsletter under control because that was stressing me out and I'm showing up on social media three days a week. That feels good. From there, you have a new vantage point. Okay, now that those two little fires are kind of put out, what feels stressful now? Or what do I feel capable of now that I've reduced the amount of stress? And this is what I'm talking about when we start worrying about how am I going to build that course? How am I going to, how about you just post on social media three times a week? How about you start there? Okay. If you can't even post three days a week, you're not making a course, honey. Okay. And that's where the radical responsibility has to come in. And I see this over and over and over again, where we use it as a distraction, as an avoidance mechanism to focus on things that we know I'm not actually going to make a course. I'm just going to talk about it and how hard it is and how it's a lot of work and there's a lot of components and you don't know all the things I need. Can you just do those three posts on social media for like 90 days straight? Could you just start with that and see what you learn? Are you collecting data about what happens when you post, what your what your audience likes, what does well, what you should do more of? It's the simple things that we're jumping over and we talk about complicated things as avoidance to deal with the simple things. A new vantage point is the only way the girls probably got so sick of me saying that because I'm like, just take step one and two. And then you're like, oh, look what's up here. A lot of stuff ironed itself out. I'm not actually worried about content because it just flows out of now that I showed up consistently. (laughs) Oh, wow. So it's fascinating to me how the awareness about what matters most, what am I trying to create in my life and how can I honor that with a business? And and here's here's something that I want to say too, is that I've spoken with a lot of of female entrepreneurs who have this idea that there's the business, Janine, and then there's the um, personal Janine. And what I remind women of is that there's one body of energy for both. Hey, everyone. We hope our conversation with Janine so far has given you food for thought and maybe even inspired you to pick up that planner again with a new mindset and new energy. We were so enjoying this conversation with Janine and she had so much goodness to share that there just really wasn't enough time to fit it all in one episode. And frankly, we just didn't want to cut any of this very crucial conversation out since we know planning is key to successfully achieving our goals. So we're dividing our chat into two parts and we'll be back with part two next week. See you then. Real Talk with Deb and Nia can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and on Google Podcast. You can also check out our YouTube channel. And make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Real Talk DN. See, See you, you next time. time.